the consumption of edible oils in meat fish and eggs has increased people are eating a diet high in calories highly processed and all these companies like mcdonald's and kfc's and domino's and pizza huts are using this opportunity to sell fast food products in india america now we are realizing fast food is not good for us so every time and a mcdonald is closing out in usa there is one popping up in india so definitely these are disturbing trends we are seeing welcome to the exam room podcast brought to you by the physicians committee hi i am the weight loss champion chuck carroll thank you so very much for raising your health iq with us this is episode 42 of season 4, number 237 overall. And today we will be looking at the challenges that are facing the world's second most populous country. And as I record this, they have become number one for COVID-19 infections. A surge of cases that is unrivaled with nearly 400,000 new cases every day. And our hearts go out to all of those who are affected. And we hope to see the rate of new infections continue to decline and for this pandemic to soon be brought under control. But on the show today, we will actually be looking at another health challenge facing this beautiful country of nearly 1.4 billion people. That is its growing love affair with fast food. And growing may not even be the appropriate term. Exploding would actually be the more accurate description. Because the standard American diet is taking over India, thanks in large part to younger generations for growing appetites of this unhealthy fare. It's food that the bond is only expected to strengthen with India's residents over time. In fact, industry analysts predict that the fast food industry will have an annual growth rate of 23% every year through 2025. And that means that the likes of Burger King and Domino's and McDonald's and others will grow every single year by 23%, every single year. And so the question then that we need to ask ourselves is how long until the health challenges that are associated with the standard American diet become an issue in India? If Big Macs are all the rage, could obesity, high blood pressure, and heart disease be lagging far behind? Well, that is what we will be finding out on the show today, as I'm joined by Dr. Zishan Ali. He will be here to dive into that very situation, looking at the diet-related health trends in India and comparing the drive through menu with what had been the traditional menu for generations before the arrival of Taco Bell and Krispy Kreme and the like. But here's the cool thing, though about this situation is that there is also a growing number of people who are starting to take notice of what is going on and seeing that something isn't quite right. And now they are devoting their time, their effort, their energy to writing that ship. One such woman, she's devoting her entire life to rejuvenating her community. 
Her name is Nadi Nahata, and she is the founder of India's first and only whole food, plant-based, oil-free restaurant. No chance you'll be finding anything like a Whopper on the menu there. There are no pepperoni pizzas or fillets of fish or McFlurries or Frosties, but instead, you will find food that can help fight the very diseases that have been linked to those greasy, high-fat meals. Nadi is such an inspiration, and she is someone who is planting a healthy seed and watering it and nurturing it and wanting that seed to take root so that people in the land that she calls home can become wiser, smarter, and healthier together. Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. I'm really excited now to be joined by the healthiest entrepreneur in all of India. She has opened the country's first and only completely whole food, plant-based, oil-free restaurant. And she did so after wanting to help her son and improved her own health by adopting a plant-based diet. Now bringing that out into the community in the biggest and best of ways. And with that, we welcome Nadid Nahata to the exam room. Thank you so very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor. When my colleague, uh, Dr. Zishan Ali told me about your story and the cafe that you have opened, I was just absolutely one just blown away by the fact that there was not another restaurant like this in India. And two, the fact that you opened it, I thought was just a tremendous step. So how has this restaurant been received there? I would imagine being the only one, you're getting a lot of buzz. So whole food plant-based is not trending. You know, so we had to create a demand. So I wasn't, I took up a challenge where uh, something isn't in demand and i had to create a demand so it was quite challenging and not coming from this hospitality industry i had to uh, really uh, work into really creating that how could i reach out to the audience so what we did is we did a lot of cooking classes we i did a lot of talks uh, health consultations uh, so that is something which people got connected to. Okay, fine, what she's teaching is being getting served here. And the benefits people would see very soon. So that is something which uh, we tried. And I'm glad that we are here since four years now. And this is something that is very near and dear to your heart because you have had a health journey of your own. And as we just mentioned, uh, your son was also looking for whole food plant-based options. Um, but let's start with you. Uh, how did the idea of eating a whole food plant-based diet first come into your life? So basically, uh, my I have been having cholesterol since 2012. And uh, I was trying to figure out that what is an alternative way besides medicine. And the doctors were not very happy with my decision of trying to figure out alternative ways. Uh, my cholesterol reached 300 and they wanted me to be 
on medication then i rebelled and i said give me some more time and i started exercising a little more i gave up a little bit of uh, the fried food and i changed my diet being on a vegetarian diet my cholesterol was still high and you know sometimes it is that you know when we really want something and the universe conspires for that to reach you and that's what happened with me i'm very very fortunate that i got in touch with dr nandita shah and i attended her 21 day uh, sharan retreat uh, which she conducts twice in a year in india in goa and i think after that my life game changed <laughs> and i would say that it it really changed my whole perspective to look at food the relationship which i uh, built with food and my body and my journey started then i brought that same thing to my home and uh, my sons after my namans time he didn't have to be on nebulizers and he didn't have to be on uh, uh, anti allergies and is his inhalers just in a month's time my husband who was suffering with acidity for the longest time i think you know i i used to tease him that i got married to you and i got married to jelosil you know <laughs> the the medication which he used to have for his uh, acidity and i said i got married to him because both both of them were next to me every night <laughs> so uh, i think that got disappeared and i have series like my in-laws bp and sugar reduced tremendously and uh, just one one evening when we were sitting and my son told me that mom i don't think i have ever inhaled air in this manner is this normal because he didn't know what is normal he was always uh, wheezing and with clogged nose and uh, very very heavy breathing and and i said yes and he says i never want to eat what i ate before and where do i eat when i go out i think that night i couldn't sleep and uh me and my husband like i spoke in the morning and i said you know what when we really want something let's do it let's not just want it let's just do it so so yeah. you started the 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 cafe that's man what a what a heck of a story that's a lot of health improvements for so many people in your family um you mentioned that your cholesterol was high how high was it 300 oh my goodness okay and it was still high while you were eating a vegetarian diet correct absolutely and that's that's the uh surprise it i was surprised because i thought i was doing great and i was doing great by uh drinking three glasses of milk per day Oh. and that was a diet and i used to make my children have milk and a lot of dairy products because i thought all the protein is there and growing up boys vegetarian boys and we need because and that's the only thing which i had to take that out but bringing whole food plant based eating in wholesome a lot of plants and grains in whole i think that was something which really uh changed things our health in our family so was it just uh the the glasses of milk every day or were you eating a lot of cheese maybe there were eggs in your diet as well not eggs we we we're not vegetarians but we wouldn't we didn't have but a lot of ghee a lot of dairy a lot of cheese desserts a lot of uh, butter we had a lot of them 
Yeah. And, and that is what you think uh, was, was driving up the cholesterol, but it wasn't just your cholesterol that you were struggling with. I believe I saw on your website that you also suffered from migraines. And we were talking before we started this interview about how young you were looking, but you previously also had rosacea, right? So my skin was so bad. I think I, I used to use so much makeup to cover the rashes, which I would get. And I think I suffered for almost 18 years. Wow. And the, I, I don't know which medication, which I would have not applied like the steroids or uh, a lot, a lot of creams and ointments given by doctors. And it would subside for some time, but flare up very, very soon again. And the minute I give up dairy, I think, I, I, I can't believe that this, I have, have a different skin today. In looking at you today, if if you're watching this interview either on Facebook or on YouTube, you would never know that you struggled with your skin previously. I mean, you, honest to goodness, look like you are in your 20s, and you told me that your son is now in his mid-20s, and I'm just, I'm trying to do the math, and it's just not adding up. You look so daggone young. Thank you. And I have to say thank you to my whole food plant-based diet. I don't know how how young I look. I'm sure I look young, but I feel so young. I just feel that my age is reversing because I don't think I felt this energetic when I was 20. So yeah. let's, let's talk about that, that energy that you're experiencing, because clearly you're going to need a lot of that if you're going to build a business and, and open a restaurant, which just requires so much time and effort and energy. Um, when did you first notice after taking the dairy out of your diet that you did see that increase in energy level? How long did it take for that to ramp up? So in the retreat itself, I went there for 21 days. I could feel a difference, but I wasn't very sure. I'll be honest. I wasn't very sure that, uh, is it the environment? Is it the, you know, the clean food we're eating? And I was very skeptical that, how is it going to be when I go back home? And uh, I used to walk a lot always, but I couldn't walk after that. After my change of diet, I couldn't walk. I had to run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the first change. I think within two months, I started feeling it that I had to run. And you know, one of the biggest uh, validation what happened was, I, I want to share about this incident. My, uh, after the retreat, my grandmom came to stay with me, who was 80 then, and she stayed with me for a month. Uh, in, 15, uh, in 15 days, okay, so she, is in, she has asthma and nothing else, no BP, no sugar, no cholesterol, nothing, just asthma. And because of old age, you know, she had lost balance while walking, you know, she would uh, need a stick. And in 15 days, after 15 days, she tells me that, you know what, I'm not going to give up my stick. But I just want to let you know that I feel confident when I walk. That was so, I mean, so reassuring for me that, okay, fine, I am young and I, I feel whatever I feel. But when at the age of 80 somebody can say that i i can i can i know i don't know what to talk about whole food plant-based i want the whole world to experience this 
That's, that is the neatest story. That is so great. Um, you know, and, and she's not alone. I've heard of, um, we have a friend of the show, Eric O'Gray, uh, who his mother-in-law was in her 90s and adopted a whole food plant-based diet. And this is a woman who could barely walk, you know, spent most of the day sitting down. Um, but now she's walking a mile or two every single day, well into her nineties. And, um, really you talk about getting a whole lot of energy and turning back time and, and feeling younger and certainly looking younger for her as well. Uh, it, it really, is just so remarkable the benefits that she's experiencing and the same thing that you're describing is just it's incredible um let's talk about the menu at at your restaurant here um so if somebody comes in and they are not really familiar with the idea of eating a whole food plant-based diet but they're curious because they've heard you speak about it they've heard others speak about it what are some of the items that they tend to gravitate toward on the menu so in India, people love a lot of spicy and uh, a lot of masalas. A lot of they want very spicy food. So we try to bring every dish which an Indian is looking for. For example, uh, we have the pizzas, we have the lasagna, we have uh, soups. We have everything with no oil. So what we the strategy we used is uh, Chuck is that we we haven't labeled ourselves out so that there is no barrier for people to get restricted restricted with what restaurant it is we have just written just be resto cafe we haven't written it's a healthy cafe we haven't written it's a vegan cafe or a plant based cafe I want people to just walk in try the food and then decide whether they like the food because this is what exactly what we do uh with any other restaurant wherever we go we go there if you like the food we go back and if you don't like the food we wouldn't go back people are looking for health definitely just be is one of their first choices but uh the mass wants tasty food and that's what we try to bring that every dish of ours whether it's an indian dal makhani or they want is uh, a paneer so we substitute it with tofu but we make it really masaledar a lot of spices in it so people don't miss it uh, you know that we're tr trying to compromise or be deprived of even the chaat uh, like the uh, safe puri or the uh, vada pav i don't know if you you know are you familiar with the vada pav which is uh, mumbai's favorite so we try to make that with our whole wheat uh, bread and the uh, baked vadas we try to do that and that's that's people's favorite and then when we go back to the table and explain to them what they ate and they're surprised don't you taste good yeah it's a little light you know we're not heavy the best thing is when they tell me that you know, uh, we are full, but we don't feel heavy. I feel I won. And that's what I want people to experience. You don't need to feel heavy. You just need to feel full. So uh, they enjoy the food there. And... That is a really cool strategy where you just, they walk in as if it's any other restaurant and they place their order, they eat, and then you tell them about it. And I would imagine it's a lot of fun seeing their reaction when you get the opportunity to explain the meal that they just had. Um, 
and I would imagine, I mean, knowing how good that the food can taste myself, a whole food plant-based meal, uh, I would imagine you get quite a few returning customers who had no idea uh, even about the idea of eating a, a whole food plant-based diet before. So uh, the minute I explained to them, and it's been um, building a relationship with a customer, and they connect so beautifully the minute it's explained, and they're surprised. There are a few who do not appreciate it and, you know, and uh, give us a feedback about the food and we try to improvise. And I always take that as it's, it's uh, a feedback. And when I explain to them, the most amazing sight has been when they come back and they come back with their friends and family and they explain what I explained to them about each dish. Because uh, there's a story of a plant-based food in every dish, right? How do we make our nachos? without uh, frying them, without adding any, any drop of oil. So that's a story we have. And we give the story to our guests and they're so excited about it. And people who appreciate, they bring back people and they give the story. And that's so, so uh, amazing. You know, I am I, overwhelmed. I bet. I bet. I bet. You know, you are really bringing a lot of good into the community there. Um, let's talk briefly about the overall health picture in India. Um, here in the U.S., obesity rates are rising um, somewhere in the ballpark of, of four out of 10 people, I do believe, and, and 75 percent, three out of four are, are overweight. Um, what is the health outlook in India currently? Are you seeing a lot of rising obesity rates and obviously the chronic health conditions that come along with them? So definitely uh, uh, weight is an issue. But I, in India, what I notice is that diabetes. Mm. I see whether it's a young child. In their teens, I see clients who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, there's no age how it used to be after 40. But today I see a lot of, uh, and I would say that it's about getting into a whole food plant-based diet. I see a change and I see their barometers drop just in a week's time. Wow, wow. And is we also people can also subscribe food to us and we send them meals for a month package or two months and i know people have stayed with us for almost six months and they will eat every day just be food and that's amazing because they're like you know when we eat out or we eat even our home food we see because we check our their uh, sugar levels every single day we ask them to do that and they can just see the difference immediately Oh my goodness. And they eat with oil or dairy, and we can just see the difference that how it rises up. I bet. So they just know what they're eating. I bet. I bet you have a lot of people who are just absolutely thrilled with the results that they are seeing. I'd be real curious to know what their doctors think when they see these numbers start to to decrease and, and uh, the diabetes improve. Um, I would imagine that that would be uh, quite uh, eye-opening. Uh, for the physicians there. And I would imagine it was maybe for your own doctor when your cholesterol levels uh, fell. He still doesn't agree to me. Oh, no. Trust me, where I am 170 today, he still doesn't agree with me. 
Oh well. <laughs> he he's blacklisted me, and I don't need to go often now, so I don't see him much. I'm glad about that because he's he's been with us since uh, almost forty years. He's seen us grow up, so and he feels that you know I'm not doing the right thing by not taking the medicine. And uh, I know when my clients go back to their doctors, and the doctors do not reduce their medicine easily. They that's the reason I make them actually write down their uh, uh, measurements every uh, the uh, parameter every single day. I ask them to write it down and send it to the doctor once a month and just say that okay, fine. What? How do we do it? So I think they half a tablet and gradually uh, they're forced to do it because they're no more diabetic. So that takes it's, it's a long process, but we don't give up. We know they'll. It it is. I mean, we're fighting much of the same battle here in the U.S., uh, but we are making progress, and I think the progress can only come uh, with more people such as yourself out there who are sharing this information, this science. It's it's not just anecdotal hearsay stuff. I mean, this is this is science that we've seen repeatedly, time and again, um, that the the proven benefits of uh, improving a person's diet and and just the wonders that it can work for so many of these chronic conditions. Um, before we go, I want to ask you about an event that was held at Just Be uh, that actually had a couple of my colleagues uh, over there. Dr. Zishan Ali and Dr. Vanita Rahman uh, were there um, just before the pandemic began. Um, talk to me a little bit about what happened at that event. What was that like? We had uh, a conference with a lot of doctors in um, one of the hotels where whole food, plant-based food was served just to reassure to them that because it was a just be couldn't accommodate. Otherwise, I'm sure they would have uh, taken the just be space. We also have a holistic center, but we had a large audience. And uh, what a brilliant talk, Dr. Jishan and uh, Vanita Rahman, with a lot of uh, statistics and also testimonies, you know, they uh, showed. And the doctors today I know are like Dr. Bhujang Shetty in India has today made a change in his hospital. He's an uh, eye doctor and he has made a uh, big change in his hospital itself by serving uh, not completely whole food, but plant-based food. And many of his colleagues have changed the diet and seen the benefit. When a doctor, a renowned doctor like Dr. Bhujang Shetty uh, speaks about it, a lot of them believe it. So once we have such doctors around, and such conferences, which uh, Dr. Uh, Jishan and Dr. Ram, uh, Vanita Rahman, when they conduct, it is very, very validating. We also had a meal at Just Be after that, and uh, that was we invited a couple of uh, more doctors, a very, very intimate and closed uh, dinner. And I think that was a beautiful exchange because each one was sharing about their experiences and what they are uh, seeing the change in. Uh, and nobody wants to give up. And they're like, oh, we are going to go on. So uh, let me end with this. I think that uh, the picture that you've painted is that right now the seeds are beginning to be planted and maybe just sprouting a little bit. Uh, for the idea of eating a whole food plant-based diet and the benefits that come with it. But if you and I are having this conversation again in 10 years, where do you think the idea of eating this way will be? It's trending and it's 
it is going to be the way to go. I like that. I like that very much. And um, I, I dearly wish that someday uh, we could do an episode of the exam room uh, at Just Be. I think that that would be a lot of fun. And certainly hearing you talk about all of the food that's on the menu, I mean, my mouth is watering. You know, I, I wish that you could send some of those meals over to the States, but um, we'll, we'll try to figure out a time to get over there to, to do a taste test and, and record a couple of shows. Brilliant. I look forward to that, Jack. All right. Well, thank you so very much for your time. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. You can find a link to Just Be Restro Cafe in the episode notes. And the menu there, if I do say so myself, is fantastic. Fantastic. We are talking off the charts good. Has everything from traditional Indian recipes to Asian flair and Mexican recipes. And if pizza is your jam, they've got that too. And then the curries and the stews. Good golly, Miss Molly. They have one that has Thai red vegetable curry. It's made with raw bananas and baby corn and eggplant, and then that's served on top of a pile of brown rice. You can sign me up for that all day, every day. Yes, please. Then they have another stew that's called the Dead Sea, which is a chickpea stew made with prunes and vegetables and olives, and then that one is served with saffron couscous. Giddy up, my friend. Yes, indeed. And all of that is just fantastic. And what a mission Nadi is on. We wish her nothing but the best. So please go ahead and click on over to her site and not just look at the Just Be menu, but all of the amazing things that she is doing to fight India's growing fast food problem and helping to make her country a healthier place. Let's turn now to Dr. Zishan Ali. He is a native of India, working with the Physicians Committee, and he has been keeping a very close eye on the evolving food and health trends back in his home country. And he and I had an opportunity to get into those trends with a deeper look at the effect that these places, known there as quick service restaurants, the effect that those places are having on the rates of diabetes and heart disease and cancer. All of these chronic diseases that we say time and again are largely preventable. And yet, even though they're so preventable, they are claiming millions of lives every year. We'll be talking a little bit more about the type of food that Dr. Ali ate growing up when he was just a young boy in India. And what a far cry that is from the ultra-processed fast food options that right now seem to be taking over. Continuing our look at India here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee, just got the opportunity to speak with Nadi Nahata, over in India, and she is the proprietor, the founder of the country's only and first whole food, plant-based, no oil restaurant, completely probably the healthiest restaurant in all of India. But on the other end of the spectrum, what 
you are starting to see in India is an explosion of fast food restaurants. They are popping up on virtually every corner. And it got me to wonder, well, is that very much like what is happening here in the U.S.? What are the obesity trends over there? What is the rate of heart disease and cancer and diabetes? Does those trends, do they mirror what is happening here stateside? And so to talk about that, I wanted to welcome Dr. Zishan Ali to the Exam Room Podcast. My friend, welcome back. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you so much for having me here. It is really a pleasure. And let's just start right at the top. I mean, what what is going on with this explosion of fast food restaurants there? Yeah. Uh, so, Chuck, I would, I would like to uh, mention that, that India, we were known for our lentils and our traditional food, uh, uh, grains and millet. And what I'm seeing is there is uh, I, I will always present this slide in my presentations and, where, and what they have done is that they have compared the consumption of core cereals, edible oils, meat, fish and eggs in urban and rural population between 1983 and 2000. And what they found is that the consumption of core cereals has decreased by almost 70% in both the urban and rural India and the consumption of edible oils and meat, fish, and eggs has increased to almost like almost 100% in case of meat, fish, and eggs in both the populations. So we are seeing that people are eating a diet which is high in uh, meat-based products, high in calories, highly processed. And all these companies like McDonald's and KFCs and Domino's and Pizza Hut's are using this opportunity to sell fast food products in India. And chicken uh, in India, we are producing 165 million tons of chickens every year. That has, uh, sorry, I, I, I take my words back uh, uh, for the chicken. Our chicken cons uh, production has tripled over the last, uh, I would say 15 to 20 years. So previously, we, we were producing 1.5 million tons in the year 2000. And now in the year 2018, we were producing 4.5 million tons, which is now, in, this is 2021, so I'm guessing it's very high now. So we are using a lot of chicken products, a lot of paneer consumption, which is where people are eating in these fast food outlets and heavy on cheese, again, pizzas, fully laden with cheese. So this is... Uh, Every time I would say that uh, people in America now we are realizing that these fast food uh, is not uh, outlets and this fast food is not good for us. So every time and a McDonald is closing out in uh, in USA, there is one popping up in India. So definitely these are disturbing trends we are seeing. And India has shifted from communicable diseases to non-communicable diseases. And now mm. non-communicable diseases account for 60% of all deaths in India. So when you're talking about non-communicable disease, you're talking about heart disease, right? You're talking about cancer. You're talking about diabetes, things like that. That's so true. Yeah. Diabetes, for example, now uh, the diabetes has, you know, all over the world, is it, is, it has reached to an epidemic proportion. But in India, we have 72 million people with type 2 diabetes and there are a million more whose diabetes 
have not been diagnosed yet. So in India, uh, Chuck, we don't have this uh, annual physical like we have in USA where we go every year and check our blood sugar level, our cholesterol. In India, what happens is we have, we have no national insurance policies. Most of the people in India, they just go to the doctor when they are sick. So there is no preventive side of things. So people go to the doctor and sometimes even for my aunt, she had an accident and she was she went to the hospital because she got injured. And there in the hospital, she found out that her glucose level was 400. And she never realized that because she never went for checkup. So most of the people are pre-diabetic. Most of the people have uh, diabetes, undiagnosed diabetes. We, they don't even know. But by the time they know, it's too late. It's It has already damaged their organs and there is so much going on. Uh, and uh, these are really some disturbing numbers for diabetes. For the heart disease, if you compare India versus USA, I was just reading an article. For example, in uh, India, we lost 62.5 million years of life as compared to USA with 15 million years of life in 2016. So you see such a big difference from 15 to 62.5 million years of life lost. That means that those we lost so many people who were not supposed to die at that young age. So this was really disturbing. And same case, I would say, uh, with uh, obesity, that these are disturbing trends. We are seeing people both in urban and rural India that uh, obesity is rising. And especially for the people in India or uh, people of Indian origin, they have to be more careful because, because of their body mass index, because of the more visceral fat in the body, more deposit in the abdomen. So the propensity of people in India having type 2 diabetes as compared to Caucasians is already very high. Our body mass index, which is normal, is 23 as compared to people in US. It's 25, right? So we have to be a people of Indian origin and people in South Asia, the whole region, India, Sri Lanka, uh, Pakistan, Nepal, all these uh, people in this region have to be really careful about uh, their uh, their metabolic diseases, uh, especially type two diabetes and obesity, heart disease, hypertension. Well, we hear about all of those rates going up, and let's talk about why this is happening. I and mean, we mentioned the explosion of fast food restaurants, but I found an article that was written in the New York Times in 2014, and the headline reads: "A growing taste for U.S. fast food in India." And I want to read for you an excerpt from this article. It says, "Quote: In the past few months." Taco Bell, Krispy Kreme, Burger King, and McDonald's have either announced plans to expand in India or have opened new outlets around the country. Krispy Kreme in particular was the latest to open a new store with its first outlet in Delhi last month. That is in addition to its five branches elsewhere. Now, here's why they're opening. It's not just because people get hooked on their food. It's because these restaurants are making a ton of money. So there was a study that was done in 2013 that estimated that uh, in that year, fast food, $2.5 billion industry. That's pretty big. But by 2020, so this has already happened. This was a year ago. By 2020, it would be an eight billion dollar wow. industry in India alone. So that is just enormously 
uh, enormous growth, but the rate at which these fast food restaurants are popping up is it's just mind boggling to see that. And now here's what I really want to dive into you is this. Another article hypothesized that these restaurants are becoming so popular because we're seeing more and more people enter the workforce there and people who live in India are facing the same stressors, the same time constraints that a lot of people here in the States are facing. They say though, that the majority of patrons at these fast food restaurants are those younger aged workers who are going to these restaurants that are fueling that. And it's kind of mind boggling to me to hear that because you would think that with the younger generation, they would have more access to the studies that have been done. All of this information that we talk about all the time that show that fast food consumption is adversely correlated with good health outcomes there. So you know that it's bad for you and yet people are still going there in droves. Help me understand why that might be happening. That's 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 so true. It's mind-boggling. Definitely, uh, we don't know why why this is uh, why this is happening. Why the young population is so uh, uh, so interested in going to these outlets, and they know that this is not good for them. That you are right. That this is uh, inversely proportional uh, to their health. But what is happening is that this is the way the advertising industry is working in India. That they are really big on selling these products to this young population. It's like, like a trend. So here, I, if I compare people visiting to these fast food outlets in USA as compared to people visiting these fast, fast food outlets in India, I see that here it's, it's a, these fast food is the food for people who cannot afford healthy meal. So they say, oh, wow, $1 burger. Yes, we would like to have that. But in India, it's a trend. I see families going with their kids on Sundays because we have Sundays, a uh, one-day holiday uh, in a week. So I see them going there, uh, there with a can of Coke, ordering pizzas and this uh, fried chickens. So it's like they feel uh, that they are they feel empowered that this is something really trendy and they are uh, aligned with the westernization. So that's, that's westernization is has such a big influence in India that people always see America that we want to dress like them, we want to eat like them, we want to look like them, we want to do everything what people are doing in America. But now they are not, re they are not realizing that America has paid a big price for following that trend. Now we are learning with all this research coming understanding that these fast foods are not good for you, but India is following on the footsteps of USA. And this is the reason why when we do these talks in India and spread awareness about uh, food and nutrition, we talk about this. Don't try to westernize your diet. Try making your diet easternize what you have been eating for years. Don't try to become like us. You are, We should look at you and try to uh, be more eating more Indian friendly diet and not US friendly diet. So these fast food outlets are making good use of it. They know that America sells, American brand sells, and they are making use of it. And in the last 15, 20 years, we have seen like what you are saying, like 
enormous growth in this industry. All, all these fast food chains are increasing at a rate of anywhere from 90 to even 270% increase in the number of outlets in India. And it's not like this is going unnoticed around the world with the eye on India in particular. There's another headline that that I found from CNN, and that headline was India, notorious for malnutrition, is now a land of obesity. And uh, that's a pretty, I mean, blunt headline when you think about it. I'm curious, do you have any statistics on what the uh, obesity prevalence is currently in India? So, yeah, uh, what we have is the uh, prevalence of obesity. Earlier, it was pretty low. And now you will be shocked. You will be shocked to know that in urban areas, the prevalence of obesity is anywhere from 25 to 31%. And in rural areas, it is anywhere from 15 to 20%. And surprising thing is also that uh, even women, uh, are now we are seeing them increasing trends of obesity in India. Earlier it was th- it was more like uh, for the males, but now we are seeing and uh, increasing uh, obesity prevalence in women and also childhood obesity. This is really increasing, and again, it's um, most of the time I see the people, the kids, what they are eating is American snacks or American-based food. It's a Westernization of the diet is really killing us. What would you say would be the traditional snack for uh, a child growing up in India before the Americanized food entered the country? So this is a perfect example for me. When I was growing up, we didn't have access to all these fast foods. So what I would do is we have these vendors coming on the street side and they would be selling, for example, chickpeas, roasted chickpeas. We will be eating idli-based thing or sambar-based things. So those are for for the kids. If you really want to snack, I mean, India is mangoes. I mean, this is just imagine that I'm, mango is a time for the summer, I know. But there are, we produce so many different kinds of fruit. And we. I always remember that in after coming from school, I would just uh, eat all different kinds of fruits and bananas. We grow them in India and grapes. But those who are looking for savory kind of things, we have these amazing chickpeas and lentil-based snacks. And you don't you don't have to fry them. You can bake them. And these are some, I would say, baked samosas uh, using not using the the uh, the fl- the the enriched flour, but something like oh, more whole wheat-based flour. And you can have mungodas. Mungodas are made with the uh, green mung. Uh, mung beans and this is some uh, great and you and then this is there is a chickpea flour so we have used for snacking my mom would make this uh, pancake with chickpea flour and with some red onions and tomatoes and with tamarind sauce oh i I would love that (laughs) i could i could give away anything just to get uh, to eat that hot chickpea flour pancake. Um, so we, we talked about the obesity rates. Now let's talk about some of the other diseases that we've already mentioned as well. Uh, what right now are the current estimates for the rate of diabetes in India? How does that stack up to what we're seeing here in the US? So diabetes, if like according to the World Health Organization, 
and Indian and International Diabetes Federation. If we don't do enough, our diabetes rate will keep going high. And by the year 2045, we will uh, cross uh, 100, uh, 100 million mark uh, for our people with diabetes. And we don't want to uh, reach there. We want to make sure that uh, we can reduce the number of uh, both incidents and uh, uh, and the treatment of or reversal of type 2 diabetes, those who already have it. So the, the, the trends are really going in the wrong direction. And we know that if we don't do enough, we don't change our policies, then definitely we are going to see some disturbing trends. And because India is transitioning from uh, low income economy to middle income, uh, middle class economy. That's more important that we should mind the, the, the way we are eating. If we keep eating westernized food, we will, we will see these disturbing trends, uh, in not only in diabetes, both in, even in hypertension and heart disease. So. My message is very loud and clear that uh, we have to watch what we are eating because type 2 diabetes, as Dr. Neil Bernard says it so well, is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. You can, you can reverse it if you start watching what you are eating, focus on lifestyle modification. So you mentioned heart disease. That is the number one killer here in the States. How does that stack up in India right now? Do you know? Yeah, uh, so heart disease, like like anywhere in the world, is in, in India also. Most of the people die is number one. It's the number one cause of disease, even in India. I don't have exactly the number of uh, people who died of heart disease in 2018 or 2019, but definitely on a very high rate. And again, uh, as I told you, because of uh, the the way. This is also called the Indian uh, thin, uh, how it's called, thin India fat type thing because people in India are considered thin, but they have this uh, abdominal fat. And this is something which scientists and researchers are unable to figure it out. And what, it, what is this kind of phenotype? Why people of Indian origin have this uh, genetic propensity of uh, having... Um, type 2 diabetes and uh, heart disease at, a, at, an, at an early age. I don't have the numbers, but definitely these are also rising, Chuck. And it just, it makes me wonder, even though you said that a lot of people there don't frequent the doctor, there aren't these annual checkups like we have here. I'm, I'm just thinking with these rising rates of obesity, of heart disease, of cancer, diabetes, all of these, obviously you would think that uh, medication, a lot more uh, people there would also be um, requiring medication. And so you would see pharma, uh, big pharma enter the country as well. Not to sound conspiracy theorist, but it seems to kind of fit in that natural order of things. Yeah. So uh, all these uh, diseases are, are, as you clearly said, that these are rising. And these, uh, what, how the insurance system works is that I've seen that uh, people, will try to I, I don't know that's that's the culture the cultural thing or it's more the, the economic thing 
or it's the fear of the doctors, doctors is that people try to avoid visiting a doctor until, unless it's really, really serious. So that's what I've, I've seen in, uh, in India. It's changing now, but still, like uh, people of, uh, in, our, in my country, people will go to the doctor and by the time things have already crossed that stage where it can be managed or it can be, something can be done, intervention can be done. So most of the time, definitely the doctors are prescribing medicines and people are, the adherence is also an issue to these medications. Um, but, but, but the biggest problem is that uh, people are relying on medications and the thing that even like, let's say for a dose of uh, an antibiotic, which has to be taken at least for three days or four days, then people will just take it. And if they feel good, they will stop it. So people, when they start becoming their own doctors, then it's a problem. But uh, working with a doctor, make sure you take the right medications at the right time. This is very important. And uh, um, yeah, this, uh, that's what is necessary. Well, let's end on a higher note, a more positive note. It seems to me that just as we're seeing here stateside again, is that there is this this glimmer of hope, this optimism that we can right the ship. We can get things turned around from a health perspective. Is it your estimation that there is the same reason to have that similar optimism with India if more and more people become aware of exactly the ramifications of eating these uh, westernized fast foods. Um, is it all doom and gloom? I, you know, leave us with a sense of hope here. I know, yeah, Chuck. I, I, I wish that we have this hope, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is definitely happening in India. And I see that because, all, for example, what you are mentioning about this this restaurant with Nidhi, what they are trying to do is they are trying to bring back the traditional food back into the center of the plates in, uh, for people in India. And we are seeing that now people are realizing that, hey, there is definitely uh, great sources of protein. For example, lentils, why, why we are not focusing on lentils for our protein needs. And we don't have to worry about complementing or counting our needs for protein because these can be easily satisfied on a plant-based diet. Soybeans, amazing sources we produce in India and uh, uh, this are, these are amazing sources of protein and calcium, beans and greens for calcium needs. And there are so many uh, grains which we grow, for example, uh, uh, millet and uh, uh, wheat and jai and juar and, and bajra. So these are all amazing, so many different kinds uh, of grains we grow in India. Rice, we grow so many different varieties. So brown basmati rice is definitely the number one favorite of India. Uh, then, but then, I mean, these are some, we hope that people start using these, these staples, which we grow in India. We are not asking them to get like quinoa or broccoli, which they, we don't grow in India. You have, we have spinach and we have fenugreek leaves, which is so easy to grow and full of uh, uh, nutrition. And, Carrots and sweet potatoes, what not? We grow so much of produce in India. And I'm sure that if we realize that and start using that, focusing on the four food groups, uh, grains, legumes, fruits, and vegetables, and 
the amazing uh, cuisine we have and amazing spices we have and all the wonderful people cooking at home they know all those recipes there is definitely hope and i'm sure if we can turn this around and we start eating right focus on stress management some exercises along with focusing on plant based food yes that's the recipe for success now i'll tell you what sounds amazing right now or some of those roasted chickpeas you were talking about earlier that just sounds heavenly right about now so true jack yes <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Zishan Ali, thank you so very much my friend. Thank you. Thank you Chuck. Thank you for having me here. Even though Dr. Ali is here in the States, he is working his tail off to help his fellow countrymen and women back home. He wants his family there, his friends, his loved ones, everyone in India to be able to achieve optimum health. And so he's helped us to spearhead a Fight Diabetes with Food series, specifically designed for India. Because as science shows, it is possible to improve diabetes dramatically and even reduce the need for medication and perhaps get off of it completely. And it can be as easy as what you put on your plate. And this program is so cool. It features recipes from Bollywood superstar Malika Shurawat. She's an enormous star in India, just huge. And she's been kind enough to work with us to promote health and to inspire others to take charge of their own healthier future, help to create that for themselves. So check this out. This is a free eight-week online class series that is running through July 2nd. And the courses are designed to teach how plant-based foods can reduce the risk for diabetes, as we talked about. But the classes also give meal plans that can help to control blood pressure and weight in addition to blood sugar. They also have tips for implementing these changes to the diet and how to get a whole family going on a whole food plant-based diet to overcome these health challenges and to thrive together. Really, really, really well-designed program. And you can find a link to check out more about it in the episode notes. Nadi, by the way, she will be there, as will Zeeshan and Dr. Neil Barnard is pitching in to help as well. And for today, that's going to do it. I want to say thank you one more time to Nadi Nahata and Dr. Zishan Ali for joining us. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. <laughs>